the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, and welcome to Hour 3 of the program, Backbone Radio, on this June 26, 2022. And I guess somehow our opening bumper music is a little bit compromised or garbled in our system. Again, when we update technology, we get interesting results on occasion. And so that was a clip from another uh, segment <laughs> about who Trump endorsed in Alabama for the Senate actually went on to win the Republican primary. I think Kathy Britt is her name. And Trump's endorsement rate, the only endorsement that matters, is like 96% gold. So, again, everybody knows that's just, uh, you know, Trump's party. He's We're slowly turning it into an America first party that matches what the voters want. At any rate, speaking of what does not match what the voters want, that is our Republican Party rhino leadership. And this is something that has been on my mind a great deal in the Biden era in the sense that Joe Biden is an incomparably weak and vulnerable president. He is despised by universally despised by the Republican voting base. And he is also despised by a huge chunk of the Democratic base. Joe Biden's popularity, according to Quinnipiac poll data, which is another one of the fake polls, but more accurate than some others, has him at 33% approvals, which is just just spellbindingly low. He is swirling the bowl. And uh, it is amazing to me that you're not seeing Republicans move in for the squeeze. You're not seeing Republicans move in to essentially permanently make it so that Biden is ineffective in every way as president. They, they aren't moving in to get that done. You're seeing the opposite from Mitch McConnell and the rhino Republican leadership. You are seeing Republicans propping up and supporting Joe Biden and throwing him constant lifelines, one lifeline after another to Joe Biden. And this is actually totally what has been happening, and it should be a source of outrage for every one of us who watched the Democrats go full ballistic against Donald Trump every moment of every day for his entire presidency. And they're still doing so with this idiotic low ratings January 6th propaganda commission. But you see roles reversed. You get the weak Democrat president. The President Trump was a strong president, by the way, far more popular than Joe Biden. Joe Biden's got the propaganda media backing him up, nurturing and coddling him every moment of every day. And he's still swirling the bowl in popularity. Trump was far more popular, had to go against the media every minute of every day. You understand how that works. But um, Republicans, again, are coddling Biden. They are coddling him. And you step back and you think about it. The rhino Republicans are essentially all on board and supporting this January 6th charade. The bulk of the Biden agenda they are supporting, the January 6th charade. The idiotic war in Ukraine that we have caused and we have instigated, not denying that Putin did the invasion, but why did he invade? Well, 
We'll get to Mearsheimer in just a little bit. Republicans are tacitly supporting the critical race theories that are being used to brainwash our children. The rhinos are in favor of preserving the tech tyrant monopolies on social media discourse and other kinds of tech tyrant power in this country. The rhinos are all on board with preserving the spying by the intelligence agencies. The rhinos are not at all in favor of free speech, especially for their own constituents and for their own voters. Then amazing. They want their own heartland America first voters in the dark, shut out by the tech tyrants. The rhino Republicans seem to be generally broadly supporting the transgender ideology in schools. And you can go down a long list of stuff that the Republicans are basically coddling Joe Biden on. Very much expressly against the wishes of their own constituents. You could add COVID restrictions and the vaccine mandates and the sanctions on China to this list of stuff. And um, it tells you what you need to know about what the Uniparty is, okay? The Uniparty is basically the Beltway Establishment political power. And we live in this society with this illusion that there are basically two different political parties when actually there's only one, and that's the Uniparty. There's two wings to it, maybe. Maybe the left wing and the right wing of the Uniparty vulture. But... um most of what you see that passes for political debate in this country and political conversation is actually structured and orchestrated, illusionary conversation managed by uniparty interests, okay? And you can back that up again by watching Mitch McConnell and the rest of them essentially tacitly support and coddle Joe Biden all the way along. And in this moment... When Joe Biden could not be weaker and we're heading into a red tsunami scenario potential in November of 2022 this year, that's when you get the rhino senators abandon their own base on Second Amendment issues. And they helped get the unconstitutional red flag laws passed, which I believe I haven't actually seen this. Did Biden actually sign that into law? I think he did. So. The Republican rhino types choose a moment like this to abandon their own voters and depress their own voters. Is that not amazing when they've got such an incomparably weak and vulnerable president in office and they could really go in for the squeeze if they wanted to, but they're not doing that. And to me, that's why you have to just ask yourself, is it even worth having a rhino in office? Are there even any occasions where it's worth having a rhino in office? And you think, no, it's really not. These people are worthless and useless, and more, moreover, they are backstabbers and traitors, and the whole point of their existence is to muzzle these sentiments of the America First majorities in the United States of America, within each state, within each congressional district, within each county, within each precinct, if you can get the rhinos on top, they can talk the talk but never walk the walk. And that's the situation we live in in this country where our freedom is essentially an illusion. And the way around it is to get the kind of Republicans into office that you can trust and that you can count on not to sell out their own voters, their own base on the fundamental issues like, yes, yeah, Second Amendment being one of them.
And who are the sellouts? Yes, Cornyn out of Texas and Mitt Romney out of Utah and uh, Lindsey Graham out of South Carolina that you just cannot trust these people. And it's just it's just not even worth having them around. And so people always say, well, next time we have a Republican in office, they're going to really go after in the presidency. They're going to really go after the Democrat. They're going to really go after the DOJ. They're going to really go after the FBI. But you know what? It never, ever works that way, right? You can't uh, do that uh, comparison to say that, oh, gosh, Democrats are setting a really bad precedent to be doing the things they're doing on this or that issue because that precedent will not be adopted by Republicans when they come back to power. It's just a better time before Republicans come back to power. And the job that we have, especially you know, looking into a primary coming up on Tuesday – is that we have to get the kind of Republicans in there that actually will be playing to win, that actually will be fighters for the interests of their own constituents. Does that make sense? The kind of people that will keep on hammering, keep after it, keep going for it, come what may. But sadly enough, that is not the situation we are having right now at a time when, again, Biden is so weak, everything measurable that you can measure about our economy and our morale and our consumer sentiment and all that. It's uh, going the wrong direction. It's tanking under Biden. (laughs) Show up at a gas station, show up at a grocery store, or read any news in any format, in any venue. The news is always bad in the Biden era. And you just sit back and think about how different it would be if we actually had a Republican Party that was not packed with rhinos but was full of people who were fighting to win and wanted to win and cared about the Constitution and cared about their constituents and loved their own voters, loved them and cared about them and wanted to nurture them and represent them in Washington, D.C. But alas, we don't have it. But let's go out and get it. Keep hammering. Like your mama, there we go. Elvis the King, good luck charm, bringing us back. And there's a new Elvis movie out there. And as a longtime proponent of Elvis the King, I'm going to go out and try to find a way to see that thing. I wonder if it's good or not. I don't know if it's good. But uh, when you think Elvis Presley, you think America, USA. Oh, yeah. Got to love Elvis. And I'm off to the phone lines um, just to reinforce what I was saying in my opening monologue about how the rhino Republicans are actually coddling and supporting the Biden agenda Just a quick point from Tucker Carlson on that. As of tonight, the only group that continues to enthusiastically support Joe Biden is college-educated white voters in urban areas, particularly middle-aged women with unhappy personal lives. If you've got more than three cats and an NPR tote bag and wear a mask alone in the car, you are all in. Everyone else is running away. Effectively, what we're seeing is the end of the modern Democratic Party. Even MSNBC has noticed. Yeah, the Democratic Party has ended, and that's part of why Myra Flores has won in Texas. And reel off the summary here from Tucker. Barack Obama got more than 60 percent of the vote in that district. Now it's Republican. This is an historic moment. Joe Biden has destroyed the Democratic coalition. So the question is, since we have only two political parties, how are Republican leaders responding to this fact, to this opportunity? Are they making the case for a better way? Are they offering an alternative to what the Democrats have brought this country? No, they're not. They're doing something you never would have expected. Republican leaders are siding with Joe Biden. 
At the very moment that Joe Biden is at his weakest, months before a pivotal midterm election, Republicans are propping him up. They are saving Biden from himself. Since the day Biden was elected, Republicans in Washington have taken Biden's side on virtually every significant item in his policy agenda. That would include COVID restrictions, vaccine mandates, transgender ideology in schools, sanctions against China, the January 6th charade, free speech, civil liberties, spying by the intel agencies, preserving the big tech monopolies, the anti-white race politics of CRT and Juneteenth, border enforcement and energy policy, and above all, the administration's signature issue, its lunatic and reckless support for the war in Ukraine. Republicans are all in. It's called Kiev now. That's the Republican message heading into the midterm elections. It's called Kiev. And I do play a lot of Tucker Carlson clips because he seems to get the ideas after I get them and share them on the radio. <laughs> and um, we just think alike. The most popular commentator in America on TV, Tucker Carlson. And that's basically the viewpoints that I share and have shared for longer than Tucker because I started this show before he started his show. Anyway, the rhinos are supporting everything significant in the Biden agenda when he is swirling the bull. They're propping up Biden. It is insane, folks. That's not what we voted for at all. Let's fix that. Let's vote in our primaries to fix that. What do you say? Um, let's say a little hello on the phone lines, and thank you for holding Steve. Bringing Steve in Denver up. Glad you're here, Steve. Yeah, hi, Dr. Dunn. Um, I just uh, got back from Denver uh, where all the uh, the gays were celebrating uh, Gay Pride Month, and I am a member of the LGBTQ group, which is Let's Get Biden to Quit. That's what uh, that stands for, huh? That's interesting, Steve. That's right. I've actually seen a few T-shirts that say that. Right. We need to mock them, just like they've destroyed a lot of our things that we used to love so much as sports. So we need to mock them and just say that's who we are and have uh, big T-shirts and whatever uh, when we refer to them. By the way, the when I was we'll... checking uh, the Twitter feed for Governor Polis, he did have a tweet uh, promoting the Pride Day um, in Denver, but he did not have a tweet denouncing or at least criticizing the uh, vandalism and defacement of the Life Choices Crisis Pregnancy Center in Longmont. Just for the record, there's like an omission there from the governor on that one. But anyway, I, I interrupted you, Steve. Carry on. Well, that's, I mean, that's who they are. Also, I don't know if you've mentioned it, and you may have, about Pizza Hut. They, uh, they're no longer in the pizza business. They're in the groomer business. Huh. So what they do is they're going to give uh, small children a pizza once a month if they belong to the uh, transsexual uh, um, group uh, that Pizza Hut's putting out. So and they're trying to encourage little children to be um, except trans, uh, uh, to be transsexual, and basically they're grooming them for their uh, pedophile friends, the Democrats. Interesting. Sounds like uh, another woke corporation, Pizza Hut. I had not seen that information, but, uh, you know, woke capital, woke corporations, that's a, that's a big situation in this country right now, and essentially that's how our 401ks are used against us, and 
That's the situation I've done a lot of segments on, but let's let's factor that one in. But the scenario with Pizza Hut, okay, Steve. Also, well. did you uh, did you hear Clarence Thomas? I think he came out today and says uh, the next on the agenda is gay marriage. Oh no, I had not seen that from Clarence, and of course the left is calling him Uncle Clarence now because the left goes full racist whenever somebody who is say black does something that the power elites do not approve of. That's their license to go full racist, and that's most unfortunate, but unfortunately not well, surprising. But, Steve, let, I, me, let me say thank you, Steve, for checking in on all of those, and let's keep carrying on and say hello to Peter. Peter in Denver, welcome to the program, Peter. Glad you're here. Hey, Matt. Uh, good talking to you, man. Yeah. Great day, Friday. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, fight's not over, but, uh, you know. We got into the promised land. Now the fight's up to us, so we'll see what happens. But uh, talking about the primaries on Tuesday, I'm with um, Cass Brand, Great American Eric, for uh, the trifecta of Lopez, Hanks, and Peters. Okay, so, yeah, I, that's what, uh, you know, I'm staying out of it, but I, I kind of like to get a sense from listeners who they're like liking. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, Peter, Casper, go down the list, the other folks we've had call in tonight that know politics better than I do. You you what what's your slate of uh, candidates that you're going to be voting for in the primary on Tuesday? Lopez, Hanks, and Peters. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, do you see them as just yeah. uh, more yeah. trustworthy, more conservative? Shall we say? Yeah, or? well, I was you know, with uh, Lopez and Gnoll. I like Heidi, but um, I listened to another station the other day, and they had. You know who uh, Dick Wadhams is? I, I do. I've known him since I was eight, 18 years old. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a friend of yours, but I think he's a jerk. Well, uh, and I heard him say. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I speak well yeah. of Dick Wadhams, but I, I do see him as somebody who okay. um, uh, that I don't always agree with. Right. So, yeah, well, I, yeah. I see him as a rhino, and he was saying, well, you know, he he didn't want any of those people, and he was basically saying, you know, if you vote for the other people, then it's your fault if Colorado turns purple. Well, I will and say this, that kinda... Dick Wadhams 100% got Trump wrong. Every last bit yeah. of everything to do with Trump from 2015 onwards, Dick Wadhams was 100% wrong on that, and that's just a fact. But that's not unusual because yeah. just about every Republican got that wrong, except for me. I'm the only one. <laughs> the only one, yeah. But I'm the only those one. are the three I'm going for. <laughs> those are the three that seems to be the America First candidates. Yeah, and it so does seem like a lot of both. money is being spent um, against them right now. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But everybody's got to vote. Everybody, just get that ballot in, get that vote in. And if you don't have your ballot yet in the mail, go find a way to get one. Like Lynn and Evergreen, she's going to get one because she hadn't got one in the mail yet. And primary votes where your vote really, really counts. It counts not just double, triple, quadruple, but more than that even. Absolutely. Yeah, I got mine in the mail. I'm going to vote anyway in person. Right on. Well, Peter, let me just say, uh, here comes the music and all that, but uh, thank you for checking in and for sharing your wisdom, such as it is this evening. And stay close with us as ever, sir. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. We'll be back in a flash. We belong, we belong together, sings Pat Benatar. Always like that song. And again, we're still celebrating the Supreme Court overturning 
Roe v. Wade. Talked about that most of the first hour, some of the second hour. Go back to those in the podcast if you happen to miss even a minute of it. And by the way, I did guest host the George Brockler program, The George Show, on Thursday morning a couple of days ago. And there were some issues with the podcasts, and I have since corrected those. So we have four really sterling podcasts of fascinating conversation, four hours of it that you don't want to miss. And I uh, I did even amplify the uh, World Economic Forum and the, the bug-eating thing and how that relates to Colorado's moth invasion. And I took it to the next level. Those of us remember, those of you who remember last week's segment on Yes, rectal loading with what moths do. And I even went further with it on the Brockler podcast in hour three. Anyways, you can find those there. And, of course, Backbone Radio is on Twitter, at Backbone Radio. Now, Joe Biden, obviously he's in mental decline. And he happens to be just got photographed holding up this little cue card given to him by his staffers when he did a very brief talk at a brief event with the AFL-CIO. And it's so interesting because he's always waving around his things in his hands and cameras can get pictures of it. And the um, the things that he's supposed to do written by his handlers are just shockingly, shockingly juvenile. And the first line of it says, quote, you take your seat. <laughs> the second line is you give brief comments, two minutes. Next point, you ask Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, a question. The next line is, you thank participants. And then the next line is, you depart. And you is Y-O-U, all caps. It's so weird. They're treating this kid, this president, like a kid, like a juvenile. They're treating Biden like an absolute juvenile. And I'm surprised I didn't see on the list, like, you don't go near your bicycle. You you don't touch your bicycle at this event. I did the play-by-play narration of Biden's bike crash last week, and that was great fun. I got to, like, do a sports announcing. Joe Biden comes down the hill. He dodges the yellow pole. He stops in the crosswalk. His left foot goes down. He presses too hard. He falls down to the right. He down. President down. little recap in case you missed the Biden bike crash. By the way, and I'm going to talk about Ukraine in just a second, but I had one great clip. Carrie Lake is running for the governorship in Arizona, and she is really quite an impressive candidate. And um, she was approached by a CNN reporter the other day, and she, um, the way she responded to this CNN reporter, to me, is textbook. This is how Republicans should all answer and respond whenever a CNN or other mainstream propaganda hack media individual comes up to say hello. You do it like this. Do it like Carrie Lake just did. You gotta got to hear this one. You don't have a mask on anymore. What's we're, going we're on? Outside. Do you have a wow. minute to well, chat? we're six feet apart. <laughs> do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. Does that still exist? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank do you. you. <laughs> that is so good. I have to play that one more time. It's so brief. But yeah, the CNN reporter comes up and wants to talk to Carrie Lake. So they can get some kind of a something to use against Carrie Lake to try to like get her um, to try to harm her in her primary bid for the Republican nomination in Arizona. And boy, she's having none of it. And this this meme, this little clip went viral and for very good reason. And Carrie Lake, by the way, is a journalist with that perfect 
perfect radio TV voice. Listen to Carrie Lake again, just, just so you hear it again. Shoot down the CNN reporter. You don't have a mask on anymore. What's we're, going we're on? Outside. Do you have a wow. minute to well, chat? we're six feet apart. <laughs> do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. <laughs> Does it still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank you. you. And you see the CNN reporter comes up smiling, so inviting. Oh, Carrie, you're so wonderful. Could we have a little uh, interview, a little conversation? Carrie Lake is having none of it. She knows exactly what kind of lethal propaganda vipers inhabit the cubicles at CNN. Spread the word to Republican candidates across this land. Now, real quick on Ukraine. Actually, let me say hello on the phone. I'm going to do Ukraine, but let's say hello to Lynn. Might have a follow-up statement. And is this Lynn? Lynn, are yeah, you checking back yes, with us on it's Ma- me? Okay, it's yes. Me. We were short There's last independent time. Independent voters out there, don't be dismayed because you didn't get a ballot. You know, you can still go out and vote. You know, on Tuesday, uh, because because our nation, the, the greatness of you know, make America make America great again. Yes. You know, uh, uh, is at stake. So it is absolutely at stake. And there are some people who do not have their ballots yet, and yet you can go get them. You can go down to whatever um, place you need to go to, and I guess I don't know where. I know you're up in Evergreen, to, but to Matt Independence. Yeah, to so Independence. But Independence should have gotten. Ballot. They should have gotten an envelope that has both uh, one R ballot and one D ballot, and you turn one of them in. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. All the you know, initiatives, you know, the candidates on the ballot. I have not received a single mailing. That's interesting. I would think you'd be on every list, Lynn. Some of them, even good lists. <laughs> so. Yeah, good, bad, you know, in between, whatever. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, this is scary. I have not received a ballot or information about the candidates in okay. any Well, we've been getting some good advice from a lot of uh, very informed backbone callers tonight on the candidates they like. And um, so I would just say, yeah, Lynn, you're spreading good advice to go out and find a way to get a ballot if you haven't had one yet, because especially backbone country listeners, um, we need to be in there and voting. And I'll just say independence, independence, yes, quote unquote, unaffiliated. Yeah. So unaffiliated. Right on, Lynn. Well, let me just pass again the good word up to Evergreen. Make sure you're staying close with us, Lynn, and thanks for uh, being able to double-check back on that one. So right on. Right on, Miss Lynn. Yep. (laughs) And likewise, it goes both ways. Take care, Miss Lynn. And that that is so important, what Lynn is describing there about getting that vote in. Just in spite of it all, in spite of it all. But now Ukraine, again... Uh, John Mearsheimer, professor at University of Chicago, has been coming forward and saying the things about Ukraine that uh, I've been saying around here and that make an awful lot of sense to me. And one point he makes, and I'll play a little audio clip in a second, is that um, big essay from Mearsheimer in the National Interest or nationalinterest.org. You can find it on the website. He was uh, he gave a speech in Florence on Thursday, June 16th. OK, and the whole transcript is over at the National Interest. 
And he analyzes the headline here as the causes and consequences of the Ukraine crisis. The war in Ukraine is a multidimensional disaster, which is likely to get much worse in the foreseeable future. But one point he makes is this. He says this. First, the United States is principally responsible for causing the Ukraine crisis. This is not to deny that Putin started the war and that he is responsible for Russia's conduct of the war, nor is it to deny that America's allies bear some responsibility, but they largely follow Washington's lead on Ukraine. My central claim, says Mearsheimer, is that the United States has pushed forward policies toward Ukraine that Putin and other Russian leaders see as an existential threat, a point they have made repeatedly for many years. Specifically, Mearsheimer says, I am talking about America's obsession with bringing Ukraine into NATO and making it a Western bulwark on Russia's border. The Biden administration was unwilling to eliminate that threat through diplomacy and indeed in 2021 recommitted the United States to bringing Ukraine into NATO. Putin responded by invading Ukraine on February 24th of this year. So you need to understand that, that the United States in that way provoked this whole thing in which over 10,000 Ukrainians have been killed already, and we are leading them, the Ukrainian people, down the primrose path because when it's an existential issue for Russia, but not existential for us, that kind of lopsidedness in the conflict is going to lead to only trouble for the world and um, only trouble for the proxy, as in the Ukrainian proxy people, who are going to be finding themselves unable ultimately to stand up to the Russian bear while feeling like they were free to poke that Russian bear. Poke that bear because Biden says you can do it, because Obama says you can do it. And they're going to be looking back with regret on that. I'll play the Mearsheimer clip when we come around the corner. Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn. There we go. That milky white way, that gospel tune from Elvis Presley, the one and only. That's probably my favorite gospel tune by Elvis for some reason. But I own all of them. I love the Elvis gospel tunes. He said as a kid he wanted to grow up and be a gospel singer, and he did. He did do that, but also a pop singer and probably the world's best that the world has ever known the great Elvis. There's a new movie coming out about Elvis. I don't know if it's good or not, but uh, if it's about Elvis, it's going to be probably good, don't you think? At any rate, um, I guess the Avalanche are going for the Stanley Cup tonight. So uh, maybe uh, once we finish here, you can tune over to the Avalanche game. We'll see if they get the Stanley Cup or not tonight. Talking about Professor Mearsheimer's take on Ukraine and what a disaster it has been. I just read his from his most recent speech that he gave on it. He's got that right. What a disaster America has created. But also, a couple of years ago, he made a set of statements that are kind of rather chilling and I think need to be read into the record. If you listen to one of America's premier realist foreign policy thinkers, just get a bit of this one from a few years ago. After a few more years, we may think that... Um the crisis over Ukraine was the biggest mistake we made. Uh, I'm actually very nervous about the situation in Europe. Uh, the Russians have uh, thousands of nuclear weapons. They're scared. Uh, and we're doing a number of things in Eastern Europe that they view as very provocative. And I've spent a lot of time studying great power behavior. 
And great powers tend to be paranoid. You cannot underestimate how scared they get. Uh, and when you take a country like Russia that has a sense of vulnerability uh, and you begin to push them towards the ledge, you get in their face, uh, you're asking for trouble, right? It's possible that they might use those nuclear weapons. Uh, it's possible you could have a real war in Eastern Europe. Uh, and, uh, and this makes me very nervous, right? Iraq is a disaster, but the consequences for the United States, as I said earlier, are just not that great because we're so secure. But once you start introducing nuclear weapons into the equation, uh, it's a different story. And I would also add that because the Cold War is in the distant past, most people, especially younger people, haven't thought a lot about nuclear weapons and nuclear deterrence. And they tend to be quite cavalier uh, in their comments about nuclear weapons. And this makes me very nervous. So I think that you're right from the perspective of today that Iraq was the biggest mistake. But I think the Ukraine crisis, which goes back to your point about the third tranche of NATO expansion, may be seen as the biggest uh, problem. I think uh, that is such a great series of points by Mearsheimer. Please make sure you understand them as we get through that blitzkrieg of regime propaganda on Ukraine as mysteriously the Biden administration threatens World War III over Ukraine and helped cause this whole situation to begin with, okay? Let's make sure we're clear on that. By the way, Joe Biden's um, energy policies are incredibly, incredibly unpopular in this country, just shifting gears here. And um, by the way, Germany, who once laughed at Trump, when Trump criticized them at his U.N. speech for becoming dependent on Russian oil. Well, guess what? The German economic minister has just announced the restart of coal power plants for electricity due to NATO sanctions and German dependence on Russian oil and gas. Germany is in a box and at the mercy of Russia. And, <laughs> and we've just completely poked the Russian bear so uselessly, needlessly over this Ukraine business. It is amazing. And so, yeah, you know, the gas lines and the gas prices were back to the Carter era and, and worse. But apparently Biden has been pushing for a gas tax holiday, a federal gas tax holiday, which would be about 18 cents a gallon. But guess what? Right here in Colorado, Governor Jared Polis is not on board with it. He doesn't want to do the gas tax holiday because he says so long as the state legislature didn't take the money from needed road repairs. He's worried about our road repairs. Wants us to pay higher Gas prices, Governor Polis running for re-election. And uh, you might want to grab that one, grab that one on the phone line over back there. I see the phone. Anyway, um, got, the, got the phone swirling. At any rate, um, let's see here. So but Polis is on record, doesn't want the gas tax holiday. How does that go over with you, ladies and gentlemen? How does that go over with you? Well, CNN is saying that, how bad it is for the Biden administration in terms of uh, its inflation energy. It's worse than Jimmy Carter. Listen to this. Put the, this inflation in, in context. How bad is the surge in prices? Uh, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. And how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now. And what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952. Wow. Uh, it, you basically, even if you double my age, that doesn't get you back to 1952. And while I'm young, I'm not that young, right? Uh, the second worst, 1980. The third worst, 1980. I don't have to remind you, 
Inflation got Jimmy Carter. It killed that presidency. And in terms of why are consumers feeling this bad? Well, it's pretty clear why they're feeling this bad, and that is because the consumer price index is the worst it's ever been in a midterm cycle since 74. It's the worst it's been in any uh, presidential cycle or midterm cycle since 1980. So it's not much of a surprise. You can see it. It's literally off the charts on the table on your screen. And wh how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, that, 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 I knew that was the answer. The but. answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70 percent. Carter, Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible for the conditions that are currently on the ground that are hurting Americans in their pocketbooks. Worse than Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden has achieved this. That's pretty impressive. And Biden does a cosmetic gesture for 18 cent reduction a gallon. And Jared Polis apparently living in such a bubble that he's not on board for that in Colorado. Wants Colorado citizens, residents to pay more at the gas pump. I don't know. Seems a little out of touch to me if you want my opinion. Yeah, worse than Jimmy Carter. Remember this little flashback from 1979? All of us must learn to waste less energy. Simply by keeping our thermostats, for instance, at 65 degrees in the daytime and 55 degrees at night, we could save half the current shortage of natural gas. Oh, shortages. Yeah, yeah, we're there. Let's, uh, let's say a little hello in order. We're brief. We're brief. But uh, I got Jack first. Jack, uh, up in Evergreen, quick statement from you. Yeah, yeah, quick one. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a nuclear exchange ending the world as we know it with the Russians. I don't think you have to worry about that. Last night, I was driving in Cheyenne. I'm in Evergreen now. But anyway, uh, on, the, on your station, they had a guy who waxed eloquent for at least an hour about how the world was coming to an end on global warming within the next two or three months. So that'll probably happen before the Russians nuke us. And then, of course, when it gets to the shortages... With the shortages being what they are, we can't have the end of the world because we have a, we have a severe shortage of harp players. Mm, harp players, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the without harp. the harps, you can't play the it. harp. Yeah. Well, um, I think was it AOC said we've got twelve years, and she said that about four years ago. So I think we're down to eight. But that guy on our station said uh, eight months, huh? Yeah, well, no. Jack, I'd keep going if I could, but. Uh, Let's why, see. Let's, why let's, does your station allow an idiot like that on there? I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to look into that. I don't know, but maybe it's true. Who knows? But, Jack, you're the man. Get rid of Cheney, will you? And let's make sure we say hello to Gary. Is this West Point, Gary? Uh, hello. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, it's a different Gary. In my back. I'm looking in my backyard. You were here about a uh, year, a little over a year ago. Oh yes, sir, Matt. Yes, supporting uh, Robin, right? Yes. So yes, indeed. I, I'm 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 very involved with the Republican Party. I'm a precinct leader, and I can tell you, uh, it's broken. It's broken. Uh, we don't know how to use three things: discipline. We don't know how to use alignment, and we don't know how to use our authority. Those three things, we, we talk the talk great. You are phenomenal. You do both. Well, but we don't walk the walk. Well, and yeah, so Gary, uh, unfortunately, we had, it, this is the hard one. Of time. But I need to talk to you, you know. again because I really want to hear from you, Gary. And thank you. And to be continued, go Avs! 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.